What's up, you dirty degenerates? You are now listening to 313 Hockey. I am your host, Jake Rivard, and joining us today are our other hosts, Maddie and Tom. What's going on, guys? Nothing much. It's been kind of quiet in the Wings world, but we've got a lot of other Detroit sports-related news. Um, But before that, I'd like to announce that we have a very special guest joining us today. Reporter of both the Red Wings and the Tigers, Daniela Bruce, will be joining us for a little guest interview. Tom, if you want to add a little, like, you know... uh, like stock yay like applause you know, that would really help yeah there's I'm, just like... going, I'm just going to use shores easy yeah yes yeah, yeah. shut the fuck up so um first things first certain kendall roy type figure went and did a little <laughs> press conference today the owner of the red wings and the tigers chris illich had oh. some news maddie if you want to take it away as our tiger stan <laughs> i don't even know if i want that title jake but <laughs> Yeah, so after months and some years of begging and pleading, hooting and hollering, finally, Alavila was fired. So he was the general manager of the Tigers. I myself owned a Fire Alavila shirt. That's how passionate I was about the cause. So yeah, uh, our very own Detroit, Kendall Roy, which I think so. I actually was reading about Chris Illich this morning and it was like weird how many secession parallels there were. Like he used to co-own it with his sister and then she dropped off. I was like, oh shit, Kendall the Roy dad, confirmed. The dad owned it too and he yeah, had it yeah. with like full control. And the dad built it up. Anyway, if you guys have never seen secession, it's really good. That's Banger of a show, about. succession. But if you haven't seen it and you care, uh, the the press conference is so cringe. It's just, he's like, yeah, like, you know, I didn't do any of the mistakes like trading away Berlin or that wasn't me. That was our GM. I am not responsible. And then he couldn't even remember like when he extended Alavila. It was so embarrassing. This dude's a billionaire. Imagine just like having huge sports franchise, you own them and you don't even, you, it's a corporation still. You have to keep track of it. Like I was appalled watching that and it just proves to me that he doesn't really give a shit, but Hopefully he keeps his fingers out of the Red Wings and I'm really excited to see who we're going to hire for the GM of the Tigers. I just have one question. I don't really watch the Tigers that much and I kind of wish I did if they weren't like so miserable. No, 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 no. Um, Stay, stay in your little sheltered bubble. How can I make Alavila getting fired about me? Because everything has to be about you, Jake. Yes. (laughs) Finally, someone gets it. I'm so fucking excited that Alavia was gone like yeah same it's it's ridiculous to me that what having watched just some clips of the interview in that press conference it's ridiculous to me that Chris Illich like you said as a billionaire owner can't recall some of these trades and things like that it's like those are his assets like these are these are your assets this is your team this is the team that you took over for your dad after he died this was the like thing that mike illich wanted to do before he died was win a world series and you as his son can't recall some of those trades that happened toward the end of his tenure as the owner into your early days as an owner not to mention the fact that you as the tigers had one of the highest payrolls in baseball yep and you can't recall a fucking trade are you kidding me i mean 
I don't know. I've never owned a team, but like, I guess not every trade, but specifically if you're going into a press conference after firing Alavila, I feel yeah. like knowing what year he was extended is like the least you, Listen, you can do. I may not own a team, but I have owned a fantasy football team. And I remember all the transactions that I made. <laughs> oh, I know all and, my fantasy transactions and the boys will not let me forget about I, it. If you're listening, oh my God, wait, please. They will not let me fucking dude, forget about it. Dude, dude Tom, tell them the truth. No. What? What? No, what? No. No. I'm not. No. You can't say that and not tell me. It's bad. No, Maddie, it's bad. Okay, no. It, it's, if you don't tell me, I'm leaving the podcast. I traded... <laughs> DeAndre Swift. This is a dynasty. Go week. on. This is a dynasty week. Okay. I traded DeAndre Swift. I had oh. no tight ends. For who or for what? What'd you do, bud? For Higby and oh. Alex Collins. Oh no, you did not. <laughs> give me, give me credit. I have nope. Jake. I have J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor on my team as well. Can you can you put this in NHL terms for our uh, non-football <laughs> enjoyers? Oh, that would be um, fun to try to find NHL equivalents. I have you no can't. clue. There's no equivalent to you that. Traded, it, it's you traded. Such, it's such a fucked up trade. Just know that I'm Tom is never, an Yeah, I'm never <laughs> living that trade down. I understand how terrible it was. Please just. You traded. With, with the dead horse lie. <laughs> you traded Thomas Shabbat for like. That's Philip a medic name and That's Danny cool DeKaiser. No. Thomas Shabbat, who's now the number one defenseman for the Ottawa Senators. I would put while, uh, while also having Headman and Prime <laughs> Eric Carlson on my <laughs> team. <laughs> I <laughs> like, mental gymnastics. <laughs> yes. Tom, don't hurt yourself with that reach. Tom, you gotta um, stretch before you reach like that, bud. In in I'm gonna pull my I, back out. Can I? Can I be a hater for a second on something Jake, you can football related? Be a hater. <sighs> yeah. God, thank I. I love. There's a reason why both. I like hockey more than football. <laughs> I love having you both on this podcast because all you do is just enable the most toxic behaviors I have. Go. I'm gonna oh, make yeah. fun. I'm gonna go into go in on Aaron Rodgers for a minute. Oh, thank God! You never have to ask permission this, to go this in dude, on Aaron Rodgers. For here for we go. Non-football listeners is kind of like he's treated how like Sidney Crosby was treated by the NHL media, mm. where they just gave him a pass for all of his like weird behaviors and attitudes, and they worshipped the ground he walked on. And admittedly, Aaron Rodgers is a good player, but I noticed an interesting double standard this last week interesting so he was very public he he took ayahuasca and went on a little spiritual journey in a trip maybe tell tell people what that is if you don't know what if, if people don't know what that is ayahuasca is a cactus tom am i correct when i'm saying this i'm not a known psychedelic mm-hmm. expert but um, neither is tom I. I am also <laughs> not. he lives in the up i don't know what there is ayahuasca it's like a it's like a cactus that causes you to go on like a super trip it's a psychedelic that's right think right. the main chemical for it is dmt oh yeah 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 like dmt a, is a super way out there like psychedelic yes it's very strong for according to wikipedia yes it is prepared using n-dimethyltryptamine also known as dmt anyway the moral of the story is he goes on this super trip and comes back and the nfl instead of even the NFL media, especially instead of like giving him shit for this, like they would uh, Martavis Bryant when he, I think he like smoked weed and he got in like a lot of trouble for it. They just kind of let it, you know, slide. The NFL is like, oh, this doesn't violate our substance abuse policy. 
Yeah. What I want to know is like if Lamar Jackson took right. and talked about it, I guarantee you I'd be willing to put my entire salary, all like eight dollars on the table. Yep. yep. Because some NFL pundit would say something like, Oh, uh, well, you know, these players are supposed to be role models. Is taking drugs like this illegal substances? Is that right. is that something that a role model should be doing? Right. See, here's the interesting part about it, because it's psychedelics, and psychedelics don't typically show up on drug tests. Oh, where, interesting. Where? Why do you know that, Tom? Yeah, Tom, you're very familiar with this. <laughs> I, I watch a lot of documentaries. Oh, and, bet, yeah. bet. Take uh, a lot of Ham- documentaries. Hamilton, <laughs> Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia. Yeah, they did Hamilton the was great right on Broadway. <laughs> It was a great Broadway. That was good. Oh, that, was, that was great. Dick yeah. and I had the same joke at the same time. I don't like Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'll say it. That guy's kind of a weenie. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> back, back to, okay. Yeah, yeah. The point but being. It, it's just interesting because I can't remember the Pittsburgh Pirates player. Oh, uh, that, dude, that guy remember? rocks. Doc yeah, Ellis. Doc, Doc Ellis, Ellis Jr. Ellis. Doc Ellis obviously had his acid game. I don't know if he got in any trouble with the MLB for that. I, that was like in the 70s. And I mean, that was everybody was 70s. on acid then. Like, you know, yeah. it didn't really matter and then. So like, I don't know if there's necessarily that double standard because like it would be hard for the NFL to have a drug test that would test for DMT. Well, well I'm not That's saying not like, part yeah, of I'm not saying it's like about the like, like necessarily the testing but i guarantee you there would be like oh, a yeah, much I, larger criticism if like kyler murray or i use lamar jackson because like he plays for baltimore and he does see, not look like aaron Rodgers does like I, like <laughs> i do i do agree with you in the sense like if rogers had came out and said like i smoke weed every single day after a game and go through the season with no problem i would i i do agree with you there's obviously a double standard somewhere in the NFL for that. But I think there was recently a, an NFL player who got some sort of infraction for weed, which is just yeah. I mean, so Mar- silly. Martavis Bryant in 2016 was suspended for an entire year for violating the substance That's policy. Re- yeah, and then Aaron Rodgers yeah. is like, I did a more, I don't even know, a controversial a, drug. A more yeah, yeah okay, a more controversial, more controversial drug, drug, and like nobody bats an eye, but. Jake, as you mentioned, they they do look different. Now, yeah, indeed. I, I wonder. I wonder if whether they look different has anything to do with it, or whether one is a good old boy for the NFL. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Mm. More like um, a dude. Good old boy was right there. Good old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk a little more hockey stuff since we just Thank went you. on our total tangent. But anyway, Jake Wallman signed a deal. Mm-hmm. I know that's like that's that's Wings news. He was going to go through arbitration. And I know that he asked for like 1.75 mil or something like that. And the wings were like, no, 0.85 mil. And they settled on 1.05 on a one-way deal. So yeah, we got Adri's brother. That's, that's pretty good. I think he'll be. That's Adri's brother. No, they look alike. (laughs) They they literally look just the same. Yeah. Unfortunately for me. (laughs) So I think, I think it'll be good. Uh, World juniors are going on right now. I'm not really i, I'm I haven't honest, really been too yeah in. i i tried I to watch really it too much i saw a, i saw a picture of the tournament and there were like maybe 15 people in the stands oh, i like, mean i watched the game yes i watched canada latvia a little bit yesterday when did I they they're still going through qualifying though it just started. well that Doesn't and matter. also all the controversy with team canada right now 
and the fact oh, that they yeah. were doing all of these games on a weekday in the like at 9 p.m. Yeah. Like, I, I guess it makes sense why there wouldn't be people there. But at the same time, I expected a bunch of other people there, you know? Yeah. I did see Red Savage, one of our prospects, got a okay goal. I mean, he crashed into the net and then bounced off his I like him. I, um, yeah, I like him too. My buddy Gabe, who does like a lot of, he, he follows the USHL and he's like a good prospect analyst, said that Red Savage is going to be a steal if he pans out. Like yeah. he's probably going to be like a depth guy, like maybe like a di- diet Tyler Bertuzzi type where he's, you know, that energy dude who comes in and like is a junkyard dog. So if that pans out, that'll be pretty good. I watched a couple Edvinson shifts though. And Simon Edvinson. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good. Confirmed. I'm going to, I'm going to get my good. opinion in right now. Uh, He is good and he will be good. That guy, like the way he uses his body to shut down the competition his sense of space on the ice, the way he moves around the his opponents, moves with the puck, gets it to his teammates. It's insane. Let's get our takes in right now. Do you see him making the NHL this year? Mm. And when, if so? Ooh, I think the win is a better question. I'm going to preface this with it's not a hot take, but <laughs> what I foresee happening with Edmondson is similar to what we saw with Cider last season. Hopefully, he dazzles everyone at training camp and fights his way to make that roster spot before the beginning of the season. But it's pretty up in the air. I was talking to Jake and Tom earlier, and I said this, that, you know, he's going to have to prove himself at training camp. And I got flamed by saying this is not a hot take. And then once we finished the conversation, it was, oh, yeah, we agree with you, Maddie. But they just wanted to call me out for, for my take. <laughs> because so. I said okay. I asked for a hot take, and she came in with, like, <laughs> with a, yeah. hot, she came in with a hot lukewarm. dog water. Lukewarm. <laughs> If you say hot dog water, water. (laughs) if you say hot dog water enough times, the Red Wings will manifest getting Phil Kessel. Oh, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) all right, Tom. What about you, Simon? Where do you see what do you see with him? I'm gonna say he's up in December after someone gets injured. Oh, also not a hot take. I mean, like that could. I mean, what if he plays his heart out and then, uh, (laughs) you know, they go full like if he plays it and he goes. If he plays his heart out, I think he still makes it in December. I, mm, I, I think, I think okay, December that is a little a... bit of a hot, t- nah, medium take. I don't mind that. I, I, I like December because they're gonna have him. Nice little have him, Christmas like, gift. Get adjusted to North American ice or whatever. I like December for him to come up, no matter what. As for me, I think that not only is he going to make it opening night, he's going to make everybody that put him like 17th on their prospect list or wherever, however low they put him look like complete fools. Again, this is going to be hopefully in my, in a perfect world, it's similar to how people just got repeatedly owned over Moritz cider. No if it happens, comments. <laughs> that would be really cool. That would be pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. So joining us today is a, an iconic part of Detroit sports history, the first woman to ever be recorded on, Detro- on a Detroit Red Wings radio broadcast, the one, the only, Daniela Bruce. Daniela, how are you today? I'm great. So excited to be joining you guys this evening. Oh, we're excited too. Yeah, it feels like the off season has been just so truncated, like everything's been going left and right, left and right. Have you gotten any time to breathe? No, tell me. I was actually just joking around on my Twitter that I am starting a 10-day vacation as of tomorrow and all of next week. So prepare for something big to happen. (laughs) There's going to be some crazy trade. (laughs) 
So we've got a few questions lined up for you. I figure we'll all go one at a time, um, but I, I may as well get us started uh, right off the bat with something fun. Uh, so you've got a pretty, pretty iconic career. You've been all over the place. Um, you know, you were, you started your broadcasting with, you know, Big Ten Network while you were with MSU and you've been with the Wings and Tigers since 2017. What do you think has been the single best part of your career so far? Ooh, single best part of my career. Obviously making my radio debut has to be up there at number one. I feel like that that's like the easy answer. Right. But I think actually one of the biggest things that I've ever learned in my career is that, and it sounds very cliche. It actually is very cliche is that what's meant to be will be. And I've learned that throughout my career in many, many times when I got hired by the Red Wings, they were kind of like, we like you. We don't know exactly what you're going to be doing, but we want you to come in and host this pregame and intermission show that we're going to start at the arena. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And if you can see how my career has grown from there, how my job with the Red Wings has expanded. And as I mentioned, it led to me being on a Red Wings radio broadcast as the color analyst. So I would say just getting in the door with the Red Wings is, is up there too, but definitely it was a career highlight. I think it will always be a career highlight that I got to call a couple of games with Ken Cal. I would probably say getting on 313 yeah. hockey is pretty high. <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> Either of you guys want to go? I'll go. How do you follow that up? Yeah, right? Yeah. I was going to say, like, I'm just sitting here in awestruck. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know, Danielle, if you've ever listened to the podcast, but we, ch- we try to be silly and we, me specific, Jake too, but we just say, really silly things and we, try to be I out love of pocket. It. We basically like, like, you know, hearing all the other podcasts, like we love the winged wheel guys, grind line, you name it. But we're like, we want to do something a little like more laid back, a little, little yeah. sillier. So that's what we're here for. So get ready for more of that. I um, love it. That's great. That being said, I did prepare a pretty serious question. So we'll come back to Whoa. <laughs> Okay. No, don't okay. get, don't get scared. Don't get scared. Good transition. Good transition. <laughs> but what one question I had, and it was the first question I had when we've, well, I heard that you were going to come onto the podcast and the community as well had a lot of questions around how have you felt as a woman in this space and, and where you're at in your career now? Like, and then I'll come with a follow-up question after. Sure. It's been, for me, I've been extremely blessed, extremely lucky to work with phenomenal people that have never let the fact that I'm a woman hold me back. Like I said, I've talked from the very beginning of joining the Red Wings, not knowing exactly what my position was going to be and growing it into what it is now. And like I said, my leaders, my bosses at the Red Wings, I was never held back. And that is something that I want to make very clear because for me, I have had, like I said, very blessed, very lucky to have had a pretty easy experience, but I do know, listen, I see the tweets and the comments that can be negative, right? And there's always going to be those people. And I mean that for anybody, it's not just women too. There's always going to be the people that say, oh, you know, she's a woman, she doesn't know anything, right? she's the token or she's this, she's that, like whatever. You've got to learn to not listen to those people because I'm going to prove you wrong. That's always been my mindset. Like, go ahead and think what you want. I'm the one that's here doing it while you're tweeting from your couch or wherever it might be. <laughs> right so on. I my love that. mindset has always been, you know, I'm a badass. I'm going to do it. Who yes. cares what the, what the people are saying? If you put in the work, you're going to do exactly what you want to do, no matter what the color of your skin is, no matter what gender you are, all of that does not matter as long as you have the work ethic. And I think that's been proven and I'm a good example for it. Go yeah, we, off. We, we take a lot of uh, a lot of cues from that, actually, because sometimes we'll get like hate replies where they're like, oh, well, you have a gay person on your broadcast or, oh, you have a woman on your podcast. And we're like, yeah, 
and we know more <laughs> <Right>. than you. <laughs> yeah, and you're the ones doing the podcast, right? Yeah. So if you have hate for that, don't listen. That's the other, if you don't like it and you don't like my work, you don't have to listen. No one's going to make you listen, right? So I, like I said, there's always going to be haters no matter who you are, no matter what you do. You just have to learn that most of the stuff you're doing is positive or you wouldn't be in the position that you're in, right? And that that's something that I've always been pretty proud of. Right on. I love that. And I guess follow up question to that is for young women or young people in general who want to get into sports broadcasting, is there any advice that you would give them or pointers for them as they would start their career? Yeah, I mean, my number one advice is is work ethic, work hard. It takes a lot of work to get to the top in this industry. And there isn't one person I know that gets to where they want to be without working really, really hard and being versatile. That's the other thing I always say, working hard and making sure you're skilled at different things. Like I do a lot of editing. Every word on Woodward episode that you guys watch is edited by me. I know how to shoot. I know how to operate a camera, but um, I do not do that as often just because I am in front of the camera most of the time. So, but when they need me to jump in and run a camera, I can do that. And uh, like I said, editing is huge for me. That was part of the reason I was brought on full time with the wings is that I can do all of that. There's so many features that you guys see that you probably wouldn't even know that I edit or wouldn't think that I edit. So having that kind of stuff in your back pocket is huge. Being versatile, being able to be thrown into every position. And I also produce a little bit like the four check and game day live. I produce those shows. Obviously, again, I'm not the one sitting in the producer chair during the show since I am hosting, but I, I script it. I make sure everything's ready to go. I cut the highlights. I cut the sound bites, all of that. And being able to do all of that will get you so much further in the industry, as opposed to just being an editor or just being talent or anything like that. Thank you for letting us know about that. I, I, yeah. Like, yeah, I want yeah. to shout, I want yeah. to shout whoever out uh, for that. So yeah. this is perfect. I'm even more <laughs> impressed now. So what you're saying in a nutshell is get you a girl who can do it all. Yeah, you got to do it all. You got to do it all. <laughs> Swiss Army <Yeah>. woman. <laughs> all right. Tom, Tom. You want to go up? Uh, yeah. Give me one second here. My dad just strike on me. No, he's he's probably calling because I'm supposed to be leaving to go down to Oscoda right after we finish recording, but he's probably checking to see when I'm leaving. Dad can't talk, talking to Daniela. <laughs> <laughs> um more, there's more important things, Dad. So I was wondering, what are you looking forward to the most with this season? I think just the team taking steps forward because I truly believe that they're going to, and whether that's baby steps, I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team. You you just don't know, but just they made some steps last year. You saw some individuals make steps like Michael Rasmussen being one of those guys. And you hope that he can take another step forward. Phil Hironic, Mo Sider, Lucas Raymond, and all of the new additions like Andrew Kopp, Ben Sherratt, David Perron, Oli Mata. We're talking about players that, are difference makers that have experience. So you imagine that the Red Wings are going to be more competitive and Hey, who doesn't like to watch competitive hockey, right? I think we're all fans of that. No matter what happens at the end of the season, we know the Red Wings are in a tough division. We know that they have to battle in a tough conference in the Eastern conference. So however that plays out at the end of the season, you just want to see growth. And I think that's something we're definitely going to see this year. Oh, I hate watching, or I love watching bad hockey. That's why I'm announcing my new fandom to the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> No. Are you allowed to laugh at that, Daniela? <laughs> I, I did, but yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, how much of this am I gonna have to edit? <laughs> hey, don't count them out. We were there a couple of years ago, okay? Yeah, we were, yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. Hot yeah. take. Don't laugh at anyone. Hot take. <laughs> we we do like Arizona sometimes. <laughs> um, 
actually, Jake. <laughs> go on, go on. So, uh, Jake, I actually kind of have a follow-up question. My second one was go for it. Kind of like that. Of the new guys in Detroit this year, who do you think makes the greatest impact on the team? Well, Other- other than who were you going to say other than I was someone? just going to say whether that be oh. in the locker room specifically or on the ice well I think Billy Huso is definitely going to be somebody who makes an impact on the team the goaltenders are very very important positions in the tandem of him and Ned is going to be key this season but when you look at you know of the, the five players I guess a goalie's on the ice, but you know what I mean? In front of the, I would say that I think all eyes are on Andrew cop. What exactly can he do? What can he bring to this lineup? Because I think all Red Wings fans have slotted him in at that second line center position, right? You've got Dylan Larkin leading the top line, and then you've got Andrew cop on the second. And if I were to put a team out on the ice right now, it would be Andrew cop alongside David Perron and Jacob Verona. So that sounds like a fabulous line, right? And if Andrew cop can do a good job and do the job that he's supposed to do, uh oh here comes my dog she yes. loves loves getting on podcast love a guest host <laughs> loves getting on podcast but yeah i think andrew, hold on i'm gonna it's andrew cop i'm gonna put her it's away. all right it's so cool. and of course she wakes up and she's like oh you're paying attention mm-hmm. to someone other than me that is not Thanks. okay my cat has Wait, been did... like trying to break down my door for the past five minutes so totally understand okay, just to finish that thought i think it's andrew cop i think he just needs to to fill that second line center role that everybody's seeing and he's a versatile player too we talked about versatility with me he's a very versatile player he can play any of the forward positions but I think we need him to have a big impact on this team and if a few other guys do as well which I think they're going to the wings are going to be in a good spot Daniela do you think that Billy Husso just by nature of that signing is going to take over as the main starting goaltender you think it's going to be pretty split between him and Ned we actually talked to Alex Nadalkovich in our latest word on Woodward which was just oh. today today so I forgive you guys if you didn't watch it. I'll thank you. Thank you. There. But <laughs> thank you, um, thank you. just talking to him about it, I think you go in with the mindset as a goaltender that it is very hard to play even 60 games a season, right? There are very right. few goaltenders that play 60 games a season. So you go in with that mindset that both of you want to be strong goaltenders because if some if one of the goaltenders is in a slump, then the other one can kind of pick up, pick up that slack. But I would think unless it's blatantly obvious at training camp that one is way better than the other, that they're going to go with splitting the time until maybe one does kind of step ahead. And I don't know if that's going to be Billy Huso or that's going to be Alex Nadelkovich because obviously Alex Nadelkovich, we saw some great, great spurts from him last season. And there were some tough spurts of team defense too. He was facing so many shots every single night and having to stand on his head a few times. And I'm, just talking about team defense improving, hopefully that doesn't happen as much this year and he gets a little bit of the pressure taken off of him and we'll see if he can fall into that groove. So like I said, unless one is absolutely outshining the other one at training camp, I think you're going to see a nice duo to at least start the season. So speaking of the Wood on Woodward, you've interviewed a lot of players and a lot of people in the front office. Who has been, first off, your easiest interview and the funniest person you've interviewed? Easiest and funniest. Ooh, can I give you guys a couple Tigers players too? Because I, yeah, I love our Red Wings. They are great. And Alex Nadelkovich is phenomenal. When you guys watch that, you're, you're going to see he's absolutely phenomenal. Very easy to talk to. All of them really are. But um, Al- Tyler Alexander was a phenomenal <laughs> player to talk to. Oh my God, was he funny. We could not stop laughing. We we had Andrew Chafin on a couple Oh yeah, of he's ago. great. He was a hoot. He was an absolute <laughs> riot. So 
all the Tigers pitchers, really. We had Will Veston, who was hilarious. Um, they're all really good. Austin Meadows in the beginning of the season was great. All the Tigers have great personalities over there, but the Red Wings do too. Tigers just are a little, they, they come out of their shells a lot for us. I'm like, wow. Really cool. <laughs> I would love to see that in like the hockey world. You know, you're yeah. starting to see yeah. it now, yeah. but like oh, you know, yeah. letting they're... a couple of people loose. Yeah, and like, it, it happens too with getting to know the people that are interviewing you, right? So I feel like, you yeah. know, the next time I interview, like Ned, he was very, very relaxed now that he knows us a little bit more and he's able to talk to us. And uh, the last time we interviewed Dylan Larkin, which was at the beginning of last season, he was excellent. Jeff Blaschel was excellent when we interviewed him. So hopefully we'll get to have Coach Lalone on now too. But we're blessed with some some great people. They're great interviewees and they're always willing to answer our questions, whether they be silly or serious. So it's a lot of fun. Alex Ned, if you're listening to this, and I sure hope you are, we would love to have you on. I want to talk fantasy stuff with you. I know you're a big Lord of the Rings guy. I am too. Let's get it. There you go. Tag him, tag him. Yeah. During your career, who has been your biggest inspiration and one of your uh, mentors during this time? So my mentors, I have a few actually, and they're kind of, well, two of them that, that really helped me a lot. And I would say Shannon Hogan is number one. And I don't know if you remember Shannon, she yes. was at Fox Sports Detroit for years. And now she covers the Islanders for MSG network. Her and I are super close. I bounce things off her all of the time. Like get everything. I talk to her probably twice a week. She's probably sick of me, but yeah, she's fantastic and very experienced in the career and on all things, right? Whether it be on camera or whether it's like behind the scenes stuff or the business operation side of things. She helps me with everything and every question that I might have as a young reporter trying to break into the industry. And then another person that I would always consider a mentor is Larry Lage. And he's actually a writer for AP. So he covers the Red Wings. He covers Michigan football, Michigan State basketball. He covers a lot of Detroit sports he's filled in. He covers the Lions, I believe, too. But anyway, he spoke at one of my classes when I was a sophomore at Michigan State. And while he was giving his speech, he said, if you don't put in the order, you won't get served. And that like, I don't know why that stuck with me so much, but it <laughs> did. And after that class, I walked right up to him and I said, hey, I want to job shadow you. So that up. And he was like, it, sure. Yeah. Here's my email. Here's my phone number. We'll figure it out. And it just so happens that my very first ever job shadow in the industry was a Red Wings game at Joe Lewis Arena. So very interesting that that all came back full circle. But yeah, I see him all the time, bounce things off him too. And just the, everybody in the industry is very, very cool, which is something that I don't know if people know that, but we all connect, right? And we're always talking to each other, bouncing things off of each other. I've never met someone who isn't helpful if you have questions or doesn't want to help out because I think everyone who has has made it a little further than let's say I have right now knows what, what spot I'm in. And the same goes for me, for people who are trying to get where I am. It's like, I know what that feels like. So you always want to be helpful to the people that are up and coming. Yeah. With that, like, what kind of qualities did you look for when you were seeking those people out? Honestly, I was recommended to talk to Shannon by a producer at one of our local networks here in Detroit. And I just started communicating with her and it's somebody you know you want to connect with them on a personal level too right because like I said you talk about work that's that's the most important thing but if you want to be able to talk about personal things with this person too because those types of things are going to come up when you're making career decisions so having somebody that you feel that comfortable with is super important and Shannon and I hit it off almost immediately so she's great and I am very very grateful to have her helping me through all of this. So what inspired you to become a reporter in the first place? We'd love to hear your path and how you got all, how you got started. All right. In all honesty, I was 13 
And I was like, I don't like anything but sports. I don't like anything else. Like I can't see myself doing something else every single day except sports. And I told myself then that I was going to try the reporter thing. If that didn't work out, we'd figure out what else I could do in the sports world. But that's what I wanted to do. So I started taking my broadcasting classes in eighth grade. And from there, I just decided I loved it. Are you still eligible for the NHL draft? (laughs) <laughs> i think i might be technically but i would, I would not recommend it <laughs> yeah. um could you tell us a like a cooler funny story about a time that you were covering the wings a cooler funny story about the time about the time i was covering the wings what is a good one i've got one the coolest story that ever okay oh so it, it it was opening night of who 2018 we played 2018 or 2019 one of the two we played Dallas I think it was 2019 because Steve Eisman was here so yes it was 2019 we played Dallas and it was the night Anthony Mantha scored four goals it was the building was absolutely electric it was such a fun opening night and after the game I was riding down from one of the gondolas up at the press box level. And I got in the elevator and the front office staff walked into the elevator with me. So Steve Eiserman, Chris Draper, some other guys got into the elevator. I think at the time, yeah, no, it was Chris Draper. He was there too. And we're riding down the elevator. My manager is with me and every employee gets a little Red Wings pin on opening night. And I didn't get mine because I was wearing a dress that couldn't hold a pin. So I didn't grab one. And so I said to my manager, I was like, Hey, make sure you save me a pin when, when we get back to our desks. Steve Eiserman takes his pin off of his jacket and gives it to me and says, I have a million of these. And I had to try very hard not to fangirl over that moment, but it was super oh cool. My God. Like that Steve Eiserman's uh, a good guy, right? Like he was like, yeah. a lot of these, here you go. Take you got the Eiser pin? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's in a very safe spot and I only pull it out on very special occasions. Oh. Yes, I okay. have that. So it was a very cool moment as a broadcaster and as a fan right growing up right and play and then him coming back like yeah it was a very cool moment for me yeah I was going to ask because I think all I can say for all of us we all grew up watching Steve Eiserman what is Stevie like well that's a perfect example yeah. for you. he's a great guy and the, the, our whole front office they're all really cool and Eiserman of course has that that serious edge to him when he's addressing the media or talking like that but I just got to do that big sit down interview right with him and it was excellent. It was so much fun to talk to him. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was nervous. I, I mean, there's very few things that I get nervous for that involve a camera anymore. And that was definitely one of them. And as soon as we got started, it was like a conversation and he was great. And we did. That's, yeah, it, it's. That's so cool. Cause I imagine that like, he's just a presence when he walks into a room. Like and he is. I mean, he is. There. And he, he kind of knows that too. He is one and it, he has so many reasons to be one, right? He's been successful at everything that he's ever done in his career one of the best <laughs> to do it. And yeah. um, he, he definitely is a presence, but he's, once you get to know him and once you have those conversations with him, it's like, it, it's much easier and you realize, yeah, he's just a super, super great guy. That's really cool. Um, I have one from our fans. What is the best story a Wings fan has shared from you about how you impacted their fan experience by being a female hockey reporter? You know, honestly, I get some great stories all the time. And a lot of them come from not only Red Wings fans, but people that aspire to do what I do, just reaching out and saying, I, it's so fun to see that you're doing this. It gives me hope that I can do it one day. And that's the biggest thing for me. Not only do I want to bring people stories and give them the best Red Wings content that they can consume, I also want to 
let them know that, yeah, it, it is possible. Like keep working hard. And I always go back to that. You work hard, you make those connections. Networking is another huge thing, but it, it comes from the people. And it's not only women, it's guys too. Like I have people, men reaching out to me, young men reaching out to me. How'd you get there? How'd you do this? Or what advice do you have for me? I love your work. And that kind of stuff means so much to me. Like people just enjoying what I'm doing because that's the whole point of it, right? I want you guys, I want fans. I want everyone to enjoy what I'm doing. What? I, I got another one for you. Um, <laughs> this one's a, this one's a really fun one. I actually, I have, I have two more and then I'm all good on questions, but one of those questions is, do you have any game day rituals? Like before you get started on a night, like, do you have anything that you do regularly or like an opening night thing? Well, I have a game day routine that is always the same. I wouldn't say I have any rituals, but maybe I should start one and we should see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure something out and I'll report back. If but... they go on a winning streak, I'll, I'll know it was you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, game days are so busy for me with going to morning skate in the morning. So I'm there at 930 getting ready for morning skate. Then I do that. And then I prepare everything for the four check with Ken Cal. And as I mentioned, I'm scripting, I'm editing, cutting sound bites, doing all of that. I go downstairs and work with our guys in the control room. So our, our replay operators who run all the highlights, I help them cut highlight packages. I work with our graphics team to help build the graphics that are going to be shown during the four check and game day live. By the time I'm done with that, it's almost time for the show, at, which is four o'clock. So I do that. And then I get a dinner break. And then it's game time. So it, it goes by so quick. It's a very long day, but also goes by very, very fast. So routine, but no rituals yet. But I'm going to think of one. I'll think of one. Oh, that's a grind. That that yeah. day, man, those must, you must day. go home tired. Yeah, yeah, it's a long day. I could, when I'm driving home, sometimes it's probably not safe. I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> do, do you like have any music that you use to keep you awake or like like anything you listen to that like hypes you up or... Honestly, most of the time I'm just tuning into 97.1 on the radio and I'm like, oh, what are they saying about the post game? What's going on? Like on my way home from games, I'm very, I, I want it to be quiet. It's weird. It's like your mind is still going a million miles an hour and there's like no way to, to, to kind of wind down. And I usually just listen to talk radio at that point or a podcast. I'll throw a podcast on once in a while. How important is it for that work-life balance? Because a lot of hours. Yeah. How hard is it to do that work-life balance? Sometimes it's really hard. There are days or weeks where you're not feeling like you can do it anymore, but it just comes down to having that work ethic again and loving what you do, right? Like there are days where we have four home games in a week and I go on the road and I'm kind of like, man, I'm burnt out, but I also love it at the same time. So getting to the point where you absolutely love what you do is super helpful. And again, this goes back to my leadership and management with the Red Wings. They're great. And when we can take a day off, especially during the season, they're like, Hey, you know, take that day off. Or if there's a weekend that we can get free, they're like, you know, take an extra day around that weekend or something like that. So it, it ends up working out pretty great. And my family and my boyfriend, the super big hockey fan. So that also helps. <laughs> they come down to the arena more often than not. So I see everybody a lot and I'm still able to make time for that. But again, it's just come down. It comes down to loving what you do. And then you're really not working. Like, yes, you might get tired sometimes, but I have a pretty cool job. Let's be real. <laughs> Seems pretty cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I was just received a message that we need Charlie content. So oh. I've heard, heard Charlie's Charlie's a beloved figure. No she pressure, is. obviously, but <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you're you'll get she right now. She's not in. I should have just let her come up on my lap because that's what she <laughs> and she's seventy pounds, so it's not exactly a light dog. But I will. I'll get you guys a lot of Charlie content. Let's go. She will be. She'll be all over Twitter, and I'll make sure I tag you guys. <laughs> okay. So closing question: You are walking up to the plate in a game of baseball. <laughs> what is your walk up song? All right. I've thought about this a lot, actually. It's very weird that excellent. I so much. Okay, fun fact about me: huge Justin Bieber fan, like from day one. Like I've followed oh. Justin Bieber since before he was Justin Bieber. I followed his freaking old YouTube account, like <laughs> very old, and I found him because I was a big Neo fan in middle school. And Let's go! So sick. Yes, I got into YouTube one day because that's that was my favorite song at the time, and uh, this little kid popped up that was like covering the song and he was singing it playing the guitar and singing it and I was like oh who is this and I followed the YouTube account and it turns out he is now Justin Bieber so my walk-up song would have to be a Justin Bieber song and oh, I go back and forth I don't know exactly which one it would be but I always want to go with the original one time like yeah. I just feel like that is the way you have to go if you're gonna go Justin Bieber but I have a lot of faith. I I would, I, it would be something Justin Bieber. I'd probably have on, on rotation. And yellow Bruce is a believer. Now I've seen everything. I actually love his old music. I'm like a big old Justin. Like his new music's good. Don't get me wrong. I still download every album. I still love everything. I still listen to it all, but the old school JB, it, it has my heart. <laughs> that I think is all the questions that I have. Maddie, did you have a question you were going to ask? Okay, maybe not. Um, <laughs> I already asked my question. Do, yeah. Do you <laughs> have any? Done that a couple times. Do you have any questions for us? Because we will answer anything. Hmm. I didn't prepare any questions. <laughs> no. We should have put on the Flip side. What's What's your favorite type of content to watch? That maybe anyone on the Red Wings team bring you. What do you like to see? What What do you like to see from that aspect? Think as a fan. I really I, like like. The interviews, I don't know. I, I like to get to know the players because yeah. we see them on the ice and we see them play, but I want to know like the people. I want to know that yeah. Alex Ned is a Lord of the Rings nerd. I want to know, <laughs> yeah. like, I see people share it on Twitter all the time, but that's something that I think the people love. Like the oh, Mojo yeah. show was. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. fan. I love I, just seeing highlights from like the morning skates and yeah, that kind of stuff. So things that you don't really get to see all the time, right? Because yeah. you don't for sure morning skate. Okay. Can we? And get I like agree a, with. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I agree with Jake. Just like hearing more about the personal lives or the people who are kind of in the uniform, and well, I liked during the prospect camp there was that little bit asking them do you know who this is or do you know like what boy band this is i thought that was hysterical yeah but it so. didn't it made me feel ancient so i don't know if that's, that's, a, that's a byproduct yeah. but as a fan yes. it's very entertaining yeah. <laughs> I, but it's same i think it would be really cool to do like a day in the life as daniela bruce oh, or like yeah. a day in the life as ken cal you know like yeah. follow somebody yeah. through the whole day because i guarantee you they run into some goofy stuff or things you never think about and I mean, you could get like Eiserman or Draper, whoever, and I'm sure those would get, you know, mad views, but like, I, I don't know. I, I want to do a day in the life of Chris Draper, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. We talked about great guests and great, uh, Chris Draper is one that I forgot that he is excellent. He is such a great guy. Day in the life of Chris Draper, though. I'm going to pitch that to him. Holy cow. You, oh, you guys yeah. should do like a, like a parent trap. They're not parent trap, uh, <laughs> freaky Friday thing where you switch, you switch positions. <laughs> 
Yeah, leave Pitch it in my it. hands as the director of amateur scouting for a little while. I don't know. He sits down. He's like, hi, I'm Daniela Bruce. <laughs> he got the cute heels on that red dress from yeah. the draft party. Oh, yeah, well, he can borrow it if he wants to. Chris, if you're Chris interested Draper. in this idea, oh. well, we're willing to sell it to you in exchange for a podcast appearance. <laughs> yes. Um, well, Daniela, thank you so much for your time. This was This has been a lot of fun. And yeah, you guys are great. You guys are doing a great job. So thank keep you. Thank, you. thank you. Yeah, we that love having a lot. you on. Yeah, you know, take care and have a wonderful day. Yes, yeah. prepare for some big Red Wings news next week. Remember, ah, when, you're on vacation. Of course. when you're on vacation. <laughs> well, enjoy your time always, off, Daniela. Always. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we officially hit 420 followers on Twitter. So Please, we did the you. weed number. We did the Congratulations. weed number. Did you announce when we hit 69? I did. It was pretty nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Jimmy's trying to break down the door. So by the time this episode has gone live, the Red Kelly puck winner has been announced. With that said, what other kind of giveaways would you guys like to see? Would you like to see us go, you know, ball Tom's out for something bigger? Do you want Tom's used socks? Or do you want like, you know, some cool wall art? You know, tweet us, email us at 313hockeypod at gmail.com. Send us your ideas. We'd be happy to try to accommodate. We might not have a big budget. That's all. <laughs> hold, on, hold on did someone ask for my socks no <laughs> not yet you fucking creep listen the, uh, I, I was just wondering like why the fuck would anyone want my socks what's the thing daniela said you're not going to get served until you uh until you, you order no yeah you got to order to get served yeah <laughs> so anyway in general how like to our listeners how are we doing so far are there more things that you'd like to see we'd love to hear your thoughts you know please feel free to reply to us with anything let us know your ideas even if they're bad especially if they're bad maddie will be happy to filter all of the bad ideas out specifically tweet at her at detrussy for more info we have a couple big things planned we've been getting in touch with a lot of nonprofits lately so you'll be hearing more information on that soon with that said we're going to be posting a feedback form in the next week it's going to be open-ended. You can put as much or as little information as you want. And we are going to take all of your ideas into consideration, even the bad ones. Can we like geo, can we geo block it so people from Australia cannot? Yeah, I'm sorry. If you're Australian, you're not allowed to, to say anything. I realize <laughs> typing with an upside down keyboard makes it hard oh enough. Oh my God. But like. <laughs> number one hockey podcast in Australia. That's, That's right. a lie. I we're, made that up. But... We were number one in Brazil. I know. I made up the Australian one. Come to Brazil. 313 Hockey Pod. 313 Hockey Pod. Come to Brazil. <laughs> um, that is all we have for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And thank you again to Daniela for listening, especially if you made it past the dick jokes. Rock Sorry Daniela. we didn't save any for you. but <laughs> She can't anyway. laugh at that on air, though. So no. you're welcome. That yeah. <laughs> We did get a laugh about though. the coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part of the episode. <laughs> so anyway. From our side of the rink to yours, thank you again for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear more from you next week.